It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're hitting back. The painkiller. The painkiller. The painkiller. Kevin, Kevin Jackson. Jackson. So we need to start acting like a big boy football. It's time for the jet tax to die. You're listening to Weapons Hot on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Darnold fires one into the end zone. It is caught. That's a jet touchdown. And now, here is your host, CJ the Painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, Snowband Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place where you get your New York Jets podcast fix. My name is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and it is time now to introduce my squadron. Ladies and gentlemen, first up. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson! All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, another another uh, locked-in, focused episode of Weapons Hot. We're ready to go. I'm really excited about our guests. I know y'all hear me say that all the time, but we got somebody special for you tonight. Um, I don't know, not really much to talk about, huh? <laughs> got a couple things right now. We're going to kick around a little bit, but uh, as always, really, I'm ready, man. Weapons Hot, let's get it. All right, and now introducing another member of our squadron, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together for Jimmy the Reaper Jardine! Reaper, what's going on, brother man? Oh my god. I, it's probably a good thing I'm banned on Facebook for three days because all the stuff, all the panic that's going on in the groups right now is insane. Uh, I can't wait to at least, since I have a voice out here, I can't wait to use it and talk about it. Much love, Ryan. It's a great guest tonight. I can't wait to jump in. I've been watching this show. I've been subbed since like 6K. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're way past that point now. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited, man. Let's get it. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our special guest joining us with his first appearance on Weapons Hot. We got some awesome intro music for him. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jets Talk 24-7 host, Ryan Delaney! Inaugural weapons hot you know intro. You gotta love it. If you've ever been, if you if you've never had a weapons hot intro, you've never been introduced. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. I feel like a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, this is your first time here on Weapons Hot. Please tell the world a little bit about yourself. Ah, okay. So, if you don't know who I am, I do YouTube videos on the Jets uh, over on YouTube. Jets Talk twenty four seven. I do share them over on Facebook as well. I've been doing it for about three years, been a lifetime Jets fan. I had season tickets as a kid growing up right straight through till we uh, got MetLife built. Uh, And then it's just kind of been, you know, talking Jets on the internet and 
yelling at a camera. It's been kind of fun. (laughs) Ryan's got really great content, guys. If you haven't already, you got to jump in, man. Uh, Really intelligent, uh, really detailed information. So it's a privilege for us to have him here tonight. We're going to pick his brain a little bit. We're going to ask him some questions. Um, Hopefully, um, we're going to not uh, scare him off. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you guys got to do. And I got to say one one quick thing. Ryan's uh, off-season full team mocks. Everybody does, like, mock drafts and stuff like that. But Ryan, Matt, and Greenbean, those three guys, they do, like, the full mock. Who's the gonna who's going to coach? Who's going to OC? Who's going to DC? Who are we going to draft? Free agents. Like, they go through all of it, and it is absolutely perfect. And without Ryan, I would not know who Daniel Falele is. And that's my guy. Okay. That's a right tackle, baby. Okay. He's huge. He's, He's like huge. 6'9", 400 pounds. It's enormous. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll see how this draft shakes out in particular. But, uh, yeah, um, you've come very well recommended. Um, you know, we had Green Bean on a few weeks ago. So, uh, you know, we, we've, we've had an opportunity to kind of get you guys on uh, individually. Really excited about it. Um, CJ, I know we talked about a few things. I'm not sure if we have uh, something specific to set. Um, Jim, I know you got some things tonight I'm really excited about. Um, where do we start? Uh, do we start with uh, the, the, the usual? Well, actually, one of the things that I wanted to start with, okay, uh, for all the people, just in case if they you live underneath a rock, all right, just a few short hours ago, it, the news was announced, Matthew Stafford is now heading to the L.A. Rams, okay? The Rams are sending over a package, which also includes Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions, Okay, Ryan, our guest, recently put out a video about that, about his expectations and also his thoughts on the trade and how it impacts the New York Jets. So now, gentlemen, as we go around the room, I want to start with Reaper, then we're going to go to Jax, and then obviously we will circle up the rear with Ryan. How do you think that the Matthew Stafford trade will, in fact, impact the Jets should they still decide they want to pursue Deshaun Watson? Well, I think, and this is the panic that's going around the groups, is everybody is saying this is going to skyrocket the value for Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it does set a baseline for the price for Deshaun, but I don't think it changes anyone's mind about how much Deshaun is going to cost if this were to happen. Um, I still think that the norm, I would say, is probably three first-round picks. If we can get those deferred over the next three years, that's great. If not, you know, 2021 is going to be the year to double-stack those first-round draft picks because draft draft choices, the players, are. it's going to be more hit or miss this year than any other year just because of COVID and because of the limited amount of games in college and stuff like that. So if you're gonna if you're gonna deal some first round picks, this is the time to do it. Um, we have five draft picks in the next three years. We have I, I believe it was thirteen draft picks in the first three rounds of the next three years. So it's not like we can't build around Deshaun. You know we're gonna have a rolling average after if we were to get Deshaun Watson after the fact. We're still gonna have a rolling cap space of over seventy million dollars like over the next three four years. I don't see any reason not to do it. Just the fact of the matter is, is Deshaun Watson would sign the contract and instantly be the best quarterback to play for the Jets in history. So there's there's really not a reason to do it. As far as the Matthew Stafford thing, I think uh, I, I would say the Lions won that trade 
but realistically, Rams are a good team. And with Stafford on the Rams, it's not it's not like those first round picks are going to be high picks. You know, you're looking mid twenties, I think, at best for those picks. So it's not like that's going to affect the the value because the number two pick overall is going to have a huge value in a Deshaun Watson conversation. Yeah, I completely agree. Jax, curious uh, to hear what you think, my friend. Yeah, you got to excuse me. You guys know I'm 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 like the one. I like to be the one here to quit it here. I don't think it it means anything really. Um, with regards to what it is that we do, okay? Um, completely different situation. I know th- the compensation uh, was probably weighted the way that it was because of uh, uh, Jared Goff's contract. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, I, and, and I think Jimmy really kind of touched upon it when we're talking about uh, draft compensation with regards to this year's draft, um, you know, there is some some uncertainty, um, you know, and I would just say in, in how it is that we evaluate some of these guys. And, uh, you know, to get that, that, to get that uh, additional first rounder, I mean, it's always good. But, um, you know, have we had enough an opportunity to, to kind of really evaluate these guys? Do we really know um, are these guys really who it is that we expect them to be? I know every team has their own, you know, uh, kind of board and, and how they weight specific players or needs or at positions, uh, you know, of need in particular. But um, to be perfectly honest with you, um, we're going to have to pay – uh, what amounts to be a pretty substantial uh, cost to get Deshaun Watson. And I'll just be honest with you, unless you're talking about Quentin Williams or, you know, Makai Becton, which uh, are, are non-starters as far as I'm concerned. Um, I kind of don't care what it is that they give them. Yeah, if you're talking about four or five first-round picks, then, yeah, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, pushing the bridge a little further than what it needs to be. But um, we were already expecting to, to, to pay what amounts to be a King's ransom. Um, I really would say this, and, and I'll just wrap this up because I, I, w- I really want to hear what Ryan says about this. But um, what I think is that um, this specific trade, this specific transaction is going to make Joe Douglas look like that much more of a super genius when he doesn't necessarily pay as much as what people think that he's going to have to pay in this. Um, Deshaun Watson does have quite a bit of say in how it is that this transpires. Houston, as tough as they want to play about saying that they're not going to trade him, how many times have we heard that over the course of the past few seasons? Um yeah, I think Joe Douglas is probably going to come out smelling like a whole entire uh, garden of roses and not just a bed. So, um, Ryan, man, let me know where, where you at on this. I think they have to make this trade. This is, You guys brought it up. He would be the best quarterback we've ever had in our franchise's history. I mean, you look at his stats, two of his four years. Now, granted, this is a 16-game schedule instead of a 14-game schedule like Namath had, but he would have broken our passing record and touchdown record. Would have broken the passing or passing yards record in two of his four seasons would have been real close the other two years. He missed one game two years ago, and then he missed you know half the season, uh, his first season. But I, I think you got to get it done. I think three first-round picks is basically what it's going to take to get it. And if I'm the Jets, I'm waiting until the Texans call me. Like You may call to ask, like, hey, is he available? They say no. Okay, come back to us when he is. Because right now, we're not on the clock. Like We can wait. We, can, we have backup options. The Jets' options for quarterback this year are so much better than any year we've had in the past. You're talking you could take Fields or Wilson at two overall. You can trade down roll with Sam. You could sign any plethora of free agent quarterbacks. If you really wanted it to like, get crazy, if Dak doesn't get franchise tagged by Dallas, not the worst decision to go either. Like There's a lot of options that the Jets could really go towards, and it's really the Texans that are going to have to try and find what they want in terms of a trade package because the package that was given up for Stafford – Goff was a contract dump, so you had to give up a little bit more. Maybe they gave up a third-round pick to kind of offset that. They gave up two 
first round picks in later years, so 2022 and 2023. So if you were to take the draft value chart for what it's you know, worth, I guess, Jimmy Johnson, I think it was Jimmy Johnson, invented the draft value chart as a way to assign value to draft picks based on salary cap and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, how? But wait a second, Ryan. Didn't didn't Weeb Eubank do something similar uh, during his tenure as New York Jets head coach? I mean, granted, I'm going back quite a bit. I'm going back to the to the, the mid to late '60s. But I do distinctly remember in Bob Letterer's book, Broadway uh, Beyond Broadway, Joe uh, Weeb Eubank had a similar system in how he graded players, especially when players would come to him at the end of the season and and ask for uh, ask for. A contract renegotiation. So that I'm not too sure. I do know that the draft pick value chart has been redone, I think, two times. I'm not sure if the second time factored in the salary cap or if the second time factored in the rookie contracts because a rookie quarterback on a contract is worth significantly more now than it was when, say, Sam Bradford was drafted and he was getting $50 million guaranteed. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure where that stands. But the whole idea is that the second overall pick is so much more likely to net you a blue chip franchise pro bowl type player than say the, you know, 25th pick or something of that nature. Because when you think of the Rams and where their first round pick is going to be with Stafford over the course of the next three years, it's probably in the mid to late twenties. So if you're getting number two overall, you have your choice of anyone in this draft, not named Trevor Lawrence. And then who knows, maybe there's some squirrely possibility that Jacksonville surprises everyone takes fields and then Lawrence falls. And then they have their choice of that. But I think there's, so much value in that number two overall pick. Now, I don't think it's so much value that someone says like four number 32 picks equals the equivalent of what number you know two is overall because you're still only getting one player. But if the Jets are thinking, hey, I'm going to draft a quarterback because we don't really believe in Sam. We're fully committed to Sam. We're saying that for trade value purposes. But if we are drafting a quarterback at two, if you're thinking of Wilson or Fields, why not use the number two overall pick as leverage to try and get the Texans to swap Watson clearly wants to come here. I'm watching all the smoke from all the Twitter and you know mm-hmm. Instagram, all these different like little tidbits of information. I think he wants to be here. I don't think the Jets are going to have to pay a crazy, crazy asking price. I did see a trade rumor come out from John McClain, a Houston, I believe it's Houston Chronicle uh, reporter. He says the Texans are looking for two first round picks, two second round picks, and two defensive starters. So if if that from a draft pick perspective is what they're looking for. You know, number two overall is worth significantly more than, say, you know, New England's first round pick. That's number 15 overall. So you'd have to come down on price in that. I think if if they're looking for something like that defensive starter wise, you got to think that means one of Bryce Hall or Quinn and Williams or, or one of the other Foley Fatakasi, someone on the maybe the defensive line. I don't know. It's interesting. I think the Jets are going to have more leverage than a lot of people are giving them credit for. And I think when we look back and we see what we get Watson for versus what Stafford was just traded for, we're going to be very happy with the trade. Absolutely. All right, so really quick before I give uh, my my thoughts on this, I want to get these comments on the air, and I want to thank each and every one of you that are tuning in, not just this week, but every single week. Those of you that log in, that put your comments in the comments, no matter how far-fetched or how ridiculous, we absolutely love you guys. And I wanted to tell you guys that from the bottom of my heart, first and foremost. Now, let's get to the comments. Rockaway Archie, shout out to him. What's up, fellas? You guys got the man tonight. What's up, Ryan Murphy? Uh, (laughs) Paul James Schwedler in the house. Ryan's in the house, says what's up. Greenhouse, New York Jets football. So what do you guys think? 
two uh, two first, two seconds, and two top players for uh, for Deshaun Watson. The definition of two top players, I think, is really um, what's going to maybe twist a couple of the of yeah. the comments on this. Who's uh, who's the players? Of, yeah, what uh, picks? Look, what are we uh, talking? Right, Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall, I took, for me, is is kind of a no, um, just because I really like the upside there. Uh, considering that we already are going to be looking at spending uh, one of our our higher picks on a cornerback, I mean, I, I think that's rational for where it is that we are. Um, I wouldn't necessarily want to give that, but uh, are we talking about an Ashton Davis? Uh, I, you know, I heard or something earlier they were talking about uh, John Franklin Myers, who you know is 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 a shining star as far as uh, up and coming guys on our on our team. Um, how does it fit in what it is that they're doing there? So there's there's some questions as to you know what what exactly does that mean by saying two defensive starters? Uh, because look, uh, you know if we were to if we were to send Bless Austin over there, does Bless uh, is is he a starter on, on that team? You know, right. um, I I think we've had some questions here, but he he's been good enough to be it here in in spots. So uh, yeah, it, that's going to be interesting. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, I think for Quinn and Williams especially, like I would. If I'm looking to trade Quinn and Williams, I'm saying I'm getting a first and a third for him. So, like, that to me, yeah. if you're asking for two defensive starters, you're basically asking for an extra first and third round pick, which is, like, you can go kick rocks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. you. Go, you, go you trade with this somewhere else. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to get Quinn, then you're only going to get one first. <laughs> you know right. Straight up. So, all right. Uh, shout out to Jeff Stenberg. Jets should stick with Ginger Hercules and draft him some help. Wow. No. Yeah, okay, uh, uh, shout out to Matt Machucci, uh, otherwise known as Sunny Shades. Sunny! All right, listen, if if there is a plan to draft a quarterback at two, then you say, screw that, uh, put it toward Watson. I have faith in Joe D because I know if we get Watson, we are trading Darnold and we're getting picks right back there. He he has a point right there because basically whatever picks that you may deal in the, it, it, within the deal for Watson, once you deal Darnold, you're going to get something back. So you're going to recoup something. So, you know, the Jets find themselves in a very unique position. And again, I'm going to give my perspective in that, but I want to get these comments on the air. Uh, uh, shout out to Kyle Kloiber. Fields is very Watson-esque. I would hang on to the extra first rounders in the future that it would take to trade Watson unless you can find a way to fleece a new GM. Possible. Uh, uh, Greenhouse, uh, Greenhouse New York Jets football. Sam is done here. I never wanted a USC quarterback. I don't think any of us did. But we all got excited when we drafted Sam Donald because he was projected to be this generational talent, etc., etc., etc. But you know what? Every single year, we get the draft gurus out there who hype everybody up with this generational talent. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant on that, but I'm going to save that for later. Okay? Because I got an epic rant on that. Okay? So, nevertheless, uh, shout out to Lewis Gons. Get Watson before Miami can. I think that's the plan, but here's the thing. I don't think that Miami can afford to go after Watson, and I'll explain why. If they do, you're essentially trying to, re- trying to get back the pick that you gave up when you traded Laramie Tunsil. Okay. That's number one. Number two, the Dolphins organization will look absolutely ridiculous if they go and bail on Tua unless Tua is part of a package to go to Houston because their whole purpose of tanking, not last year but the year before last, was to get Tua. 
So how ridiculous does that make you look as a front office if now you are going to say, yeah, yeah, screw him, he sucks, we're going to go get Deshaun Watson. It, it just it makes you look foolish. And it makes that front office look foolish. So let me keep going on this. We may have, we may have, uh, or Miami probably missed an opportunity to kind of be as much in on Deshaun Watson as they wanted to. When they had, uh, last season, they had like a thousand picks, you know what I'm saying? That would have been a great opportunity for them. Right. Um, unfortunately, ship has sailed on that. So, so uh, uh, Sunny Shades chiming back in. If Jacksonville picks up anyone besides Lawrence and we haven't traded for Watson yet, that I'm sending them a gift full of toothpaste and dentures for the bellies. <laughs> 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 Uh, Kyle Kloiber uh, uh, chiming back in. No way they should trade Quinn and Williams. Look, Quinn and Williams is untouchable for me. Agreed. And, and, and I'm sorry, but to me, all right, I'm going to put this out there. For me, you want Deshaun Watson, Houston? We'll give you number 23. We'll give you the first rounder next year that we got in, this, in the Jamal Adams trade. We'll give you Sam Darnold. And I'll maybe throw in a fifth-round pick. That's all you're getting. Because you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks about Deshaun Watson. Oh, he's this generational talent. He's this generational talent. The Lions completely raped the Rams. And not only that, they're also taking on a crappy contract in which the Lions would find themselves in cap hell if they didn't decide to move on from Stafford. So the Rams were basically saying, look, we'll do you guys a favor. We'll throw you a couple a couple of slightly used jock straps and a bag of balls. You could take care of Jared Goff too. Come on, guys. Joe Douglas basically bent Seattle over a barrel for Jamal Adams. And nobody thought that we were going to get the return on him. All right? There is no reason to think that he cannot do the same thing to Houston. And the longer that this plays out, it's not the higher that that Deshaun, the price tag for Deshaun Watson is going to become. It's going to be lower. Because if Deshaun Watson has basically already come out and said, I don't want to play for you, I'm not playing for you, and I'm going to make your lives absolutely miserable until you trade me. Oh, and by the way, I only want to be traded to the New York Jets. It puts them in a very, very interesting position. The, that Jamal Adams trade may go down as being probably the best uh, in the history of this team if it really kind of pans out the way that we expect it to. I, I think one of the one of the biggest things with it is um, Houston is, you know, Casario is like, yeah, we're not interested in trading Deshaun Watson, blah, blah, blah. Well, of course you're not. It's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You're not going to be interested in that. But... I, I, if Houston would be in a better position to say some things like that and to make that power play if they had a top first round pick this year, which they don't. So what are you going to do? Are you going to, you, you're going to buck the system and you're going to not play Deshaun's game and you're going to, who, who, who's going to be your quarterback? The number two pick is gold this year. So, I mean, it is, it is what it is, but I, I don't think that, you know, you got Casario, and and don't sleep on Casario either, guys. So let's, you know, for for the comments and stuff talking about a rookie GM, that guy sat at Bill Belichick's feet for years. So he he's not he's not a stupid man. Um, he inherited a dumpster fire, to be sure. But odds are, Houston is going to be 
it trending in the right direction sooner rather than later. That's that's if what what's that guy's name? The Ellerby or Eskerby or whatever. Easter, Easterby. Easterby. Yeah, Easterby. Easterby. Yeah, he he seems to be one of the biggest issues that they're having there. Um, if you really just kind of listen to the to, to the players talking to to you know, I guess the the guys who are are in the know there. Um, that's going to be yeah. an issue that and that's Big probably issue. yeah that is well that's the probably the biggest issue. I think that's what Deshaun's uh, probably main issue is at this point. And I, I think they're underestimating um, his willingness to sit out this season as well. I mean, not, let's let's not let's not act like this guy, you know, isn't a principled player. I mean, he he does more off the field and for the community than he does actually on the field there in Houston. And uh, you, you you know you 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 kind of un- underestimate um, the willingness of a guy like that to really play his own hand, uh, you know, the way that I think that he will. Yeah, me, but Casario could turn that organization around. Let me pose a question to you guys. So Deshaun Watson's cap hit this year for the Texans, if he stays on the team, is $15 million. So they're going to have to clear some cap space up. They can do that by releasing J.J. Watt and a few other uh, key pieces to that team. If they really want – if he's, you know, determined that he's going to sit out, at, like what's the value of Watson next year? Like, wh- like what is that worth? Because $15 million for the Texans, I think it's worth trying to not lose your top three overall quarterback. And they might call his bluff. The issue is going to be is if they want the number two overall pick, because if they drag this out, there's no, sh- there's no guarantee that they're going to get a number one or number two overall type pick next year. Mm-hmm. So there's a few different routes they could go, but if they really want to play hardball and Watson says, Hey, I'm only going to the jets. They may be like, okay, $15 million. It's worth putting you on the bench and letting you kind of ride out. Um, and then, you know, maybe Watson has to open up his options and say, okay, well, I'm willing to go to Miami and to San Francisco and all these other ones. Cause there may be another spot that offers more, uh, trade compensation than say what the Jets are like. If we're only giving up say two, three first round picks or something, and there's another team that wants to give up three first, two seconds, and a player, but Watson doesn't want to go there. Well, then okay, you're either going to miss out on your salary for this year, or you're going to you know open it up to that trade too. So it, the Jets have to be a little careful with this, but I do think that they have yeah. a ton of leverage if the the Texans don't want to drag this out long term. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick, I want to get back to these comments over here. I'm trying to get everybody's comment on the air, so please, if I haven't gotten to you, just bear with me. I will get it on. Um, uh, Greenhouse, New York Jets football. If we can't get Watson, I want him out of the AFC. I think that there's a possibility that if, uh, if Deshaun Watson is going to be traded and they decide they don't want to do business with the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins, yeah, there could be. Maybe uh, the Carolina Panthers comes out of nowhere. Maybe the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, there, there could be a number of different teams. Uh, the New Orleans Saints could possibly come out of nowhere and possibly do that. So, I mean, there's a lot of there's a, there's there's a lot of good there's a lot of moving pieces right now that nobody really knows. Um, uh, Christopher Lelouz, shout out to him. Quinnen's going to be a beast. Uh, Vincenzo Cervetta, did we get Watson yet? Answer to that is no. We're still talking about it. Um, Don't expect anything until after June because if they wait till after June and they decide to make the trade, Houston can actually split the signing bonus they owe him over two seasons rather than one season paying it all up front. So look for right. something after June. So And then shout out to Errol Marks. I'm here styling and profiling. He's also yelling at Kevin to turn up his microphone. <laughs> I didn't turn my mic up. I yell now. <laughs> You're not my real dad, Errol. <laughs> All right, shout out to Daniel James. Uh, see if Houston wants a number two pick, they or they prefer to find a team who would give up a lot for that pick. That number two pick can be turned into a first this year and a first next year, maybe more. 
Uh, do, 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 do. Maybe more depending on what team is moving up. In that case, there's two first-rounders right there and give them one of Seattle's first. Yeah, we completely agree because there's, there's a way to get Deshaun Watson and not mortgage the future. Because if, it, if, if they're going to come out and they're going to say, we want five first-round picks, we want this, we want that, I'm going to tell them to go kick rocks. Because, look, the New York Jets are not one player away from, from a Super Bowl. They're about 52 players away from a Super Bowl. Okay, so we need to build the roster. And, you know, if that means, you know, running it back with Sam for one more year, whether it means drafting a quarterback at two, whether it means trading out of two and, and, and accumulating more picks and, and building it that way, I'm all for it. We get, the, the keys are in Joe Douglas's hands. And I trust him more than I trust Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson to run the show. Which is the reason why we all were finally relieved and the entire Jets nation, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you feel like, you know, we all took a collective deep breath because Chris Johnson and Woody Johnson realized the error of their ways, okay, and they gave the keys over to Joe Douglas and now we have a, you know, a a, a traditional NFL structure within the New York Jets organization. So, all right. When we come back, Mr. Kevin Jackson, his solo segment, Emmy Award nominated in the spotlight as, as we get to see who's going to be in the white hot spotlight. Plus, we continue to talk about Deshaun Watson. We continue to talk about what the New York Jets go forward. And of course, more from our special guest, Ryan Delaney. You're watching Rep- Weapons Hot on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio and Snowman Digital Media. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. CJ the Painkiller, DeSimone here, you there, Kevin, Mr. Spotty Blackman, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, and our very special guest, Mr. Ryan Delaney from Jets Talk 24-7 joining us tonight. And now, ladies and gentlemen, just as I promised, okay, in the white hot spotlight tonight. In the spotlight with Kevin Jackson. Kevin Jackson. Mr. Kevin Jackson, tell us, who do we have in the spotlight this evening? You know what, guys? Um, I think I would be remiss if I didn't uh, recognize Deshaun Watson. Uh, in the spotlight this weekend. You know, obviously there's going to be a lot of discussion. There's going to be a lot of conversation, a lot of speculation. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, kicking around what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. But uh, if if I can just begin this by saying, uh, we are talking about um, arguably one of the top three or four best quarterbacks in the league um, at 25 years old becoming available to an organization that has never had a talent like this um, at that position. And uh, again, the, the, the very, the most difficult position in all of professional sports is quarterback. Uh, we've got a guy who's 25 years old, 6'2", 215, has been kicking ass literally uh, from day one. Um, I know that there are quite a few Jets fans that wanted to draft him when he was available for us um, a few years ago. And we, you know, obviously we, we didn't make that decision. Um, but to be perfectly honest with you, I think it might have been the best for him. Um, we are talking about the Jets. We've actually ruined quite a few folks, uh, you know what I'm saying, coming into that position. I think Deshaun Watson um, coming in at this time is, is actually uh, – it, it, it is the best of all worlds for us. Um, 
six, like I said, 6'2", 215, uh, drafted 2017, first-round uh, pick at number 12. We picked a little bit before that that year. Um, 14,539 yards in his career, 104 touchdowns, 36 interceptions. I think Sam's thrown 36 interceptions last season and uh, part of the season before that, so let's just keep that in perspective, please. Uh, 67.8% completion, uh, 104.5 passer rating, 1,677 rushing yards, 17 rushing touchdowns. That's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about having an opportunity right now to bring in what amounts to be a, a, a transcendental count um, into the mix. Um, all of the conversation about you know, draft picks and, and, and compensation, all of the, all of the, the, the kind of weird – uh, conversations I have about how Deshaun Watson isn't good enough to will his team to victory, and they only had what four wins or something like that last season, and they've never really been good or blah blah blah. Um, I'm just going to say this: um, I, I make reference to an unfortunate side of uh, unfortunate side effect of hunger uh, almost every week uh, when it comes to the Jets fan base, and I think that this is another situation where we have been so hungry for something at that position that I think some guys are disoriented and they're kind of not recognizing what it is that we're talking about in bringing Deshaun Watson into the mix here. Um, it literally changes. It changes the landscape of what our team is capable of. All right. Um, I, I, I can go into the numbers all day and we'll, we'll kind of touch upon them here and there. Um, but I'll just be honest. I, I don't want to run my mouth on this because I really don't think it's worth it. We're talking about Deshaun Watson people. We're talking about literally a guy who immediately brings credibility. CJ, you talk about the Jets tax all, all the time. Um, if Deshaun Watson is your quarterback, you're not having to overpay to bring food. Mm-hmm. The, the jet tax dies the way that it, it, it should. Is, it is immediately dead. And, and he kills it uh, the, the very day that he signs on the dotted line here. So, look, Deshaun Watson is in, is, in, is in the spotlight this week just specifically because he would become the most recognizable, the most beloved face of the franchise that we've had since Joe Wood. And, 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 and I know this is an unpopular take, but Joe Willie wasn't necessarily a great quarterback. I mean, yeah, the, the Super Bowl was an was a, was a, a extremely important game for the league and for, and for how those things shaped out during that time. But uh, realistically, Joe, Joe Namath wasn't really a great quarterback. So um, Deshaun Watson, to, to your point again, becomes the very best quarterback that we've ever had in green and white. And uh, the bottom line is, is that they should probably do everything that they can up to uh, and including something crazy to bring him in. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just I know we're going to discuss details, guys. Am I off? I mean, am, am I missing anything? What do you think, Ryan? We're going to start off with you, and then we'll circle around to the Reaper, and then I will follow up the rear. Sure. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you got to go after Watson. Just the skill set he brings in. Every quarterback in the NFL is trying to play in a Shanahan style offense. The the motions, the the trip sets, like all these different things that allow quarterbacks to thrive. Now imagine, you know, we've seen Matt Ryan in this offense we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense now imagine a quarterback that can actually run RPOs like imagine that layer of difficulty if you're a defense trying to stop that the Jets are going to have an offense if they can land Watson like no other offense we've seen with this with this team and what's so great about you know trading for Watson if you get him 10.5 million against the cap so you're still going to have 70 million dollars in cap space you're still going to have pretty much a full plethora of draft draft picks if you give up, say, two firsts, two seconds, whatever it is, because we still have our first-round pick this year. We would have the second that we would get for Sam in a trade. You still have an extra first next year. You would basically just be losing a second next year at some point. So I think you could build a team around Watson, not to mention 
you, you brought up the whole uh, four wins. Like Watson only had four wins. Like the Jets are worse than that. The Jets are worse than that. And, and I, I, I'm going to, you know, sort of circle this back around. So the Jets were a Hail Mary and a last second field goal away from being a four win team with the hardest schedule in the league and the 32nd ranked quarterback. You're telling me you had Deshaun Watson, $70 million in cap space, a full cavalade of draft picks and an easier schedule. And we're not going to be a better team. I expect playoffs next year, or at least playing meaningful games in December if we get Deshaun Watson. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a hard move. I think you just got to go make it happen. And I a hundred percent endorse it up to like a pretty, I'm a little more generous, I think than other jets fans. Like I would go as high as, I, I could probably get talked into four firsts over, you know, some crazy, you know, outlook depending on what the firsts were. But I, I think the Jets get it done, and I think it's going to be for three first-round picks. Reaper, talk to me. Sorry about that. I was doing just a little bit of math while I was listening uh, because you guys know me. I am a big-time stats guy, and – with Kevin touching on, on the yardage, one thing that everybody forgets is Deshaun Watson's rookie year. He only played in seven games. And in those seven games, he had 1,699 passing yards. And what was it? Let me get that back. Easy touchdowns. Um, yeah, 19 touchdowns in those seven games. Now, project that out to a full season. That full season, his rookie year, if he would have started every game, was on pace for 3,888 passing yards and 43 touchdowns. Rookie season. And Houston wasn't spectacular, his rookie season. So, everybody can say anything they want uh, as far as... I, I think there's just a lot of fear going on, and I think Jets fans are subconsciously scared of success. That's why you see a lot of the posts about what if Deshaun Watson blows out his knee? Then we're out. Well, you Dude, can't. that's the – time out for just a second. Yeah, yeah. That is the chromogenistic thinking of the post-traumatic stress disorder f- fan base that knows that they've been screwed by this franchise for the past 50-plus years. And you know what? It may be a legitimate concern. But we also have to realize that this is a new era in Jets football. Eventually, we have to not suck. Eventually, we we will eventually get people in here that know exactly what they need to do to turn this franchise around. And in that being said, you have to take yourself out of that mindset. Because if you yep. don't, and you always think that, well, it's because it's the Jets. It's like, okay, we got a 40-point lead. And you know what? There's four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You know what? We still have a chance to lose the game. I don't you, you, you have to kind of take yourself out of, that, out of that bad vein of thinking. Now, look, I completely understand. You know what? I suffer from that PTSD as a Jets fan myself. But you know what? I'm also smart enough to know... That when you put the right people in place, that good things can happen. Okay, did we not see this team from 1996 go to 1-15 with the same roster under a, diff- under a different coach, under a different scheme, almost make the playoffs? They went from 1-15 to 9-7, and it was the same roster. 
There's absolutely no reason why. Now, I'm not talking that Robert Sala is walking into the same situation that Bill Parcells did. Don't get me Don't get it twisted. But with tweaks, with adding some players, with adding some depth and skill position players, there is no reason why this team cannot be competitive in 2021 if you make the right moves. Correct. Jim, I, I know you had something to jump in. I got something. To, I got something I want to say. But uh, what, what do you got? Let me hear. Well, I, to CJ's point about um, bringing in the right players and doing the, I don't. I honestly don't believe that the Jets are as far away from a good roster as a lot of people are thinking. I think we have a ton of weapons that need to have their potential realized. I think this coaching staff that Sala and Joe Douglas have put together can tap that potential. Bryce Hall, I guarantee, watch Bryce Hall. My prediction, he's going to be a top 10 cornerback in 2021 because of the defensive scheme that Sala and Ulbrich are going to bring in. Watch Herndon is going to be a beast. Ryan Griffin is going to be a beast. That tight end play is going to be huge for RPO style offense that, that, the, that from that Shanahan tree. So we're not that far away. And you get a player like Deshaun Watson in for how small he's going to cost. Remember, the cap is going to rebound. Everything is going to rebound. They're already projecting it to be over $220 million in 2022. So that $35 million that we would have to pay Deshaun that year, pennies pennies he'll never cross 37 million dollars for the jets until we hopefully get him and then re-sign him after 2026 but my point being is a quarterback like deshaun watson elevates everyone around him he's proven it every single year in houston obviously you know deandre hopkins is i say the best nfl wide receiver in the last decade you know like i'm not debating that but Surrounding cast, Deshaun Watson throws for 4,000 yards every year. Well, remember that Hopkins was only, you know, 1,100, 1,200 yards. So there's a lot of receivers that nobody realizes that are taking a lot of those extra yards. So Deshaun can elevate the players around him. And you can also, that jet tax thing, you get a player like Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Joe Thune, Scherf. Those guys are are going to be coming in here. They're smart guys and their agents are smart guys as well. Okay. So if you have them talking about this thing and, and they're like, Oh man, the jets have an awesome head coach. I like the culture that Sala brings. Oh wow. Look at Mike LaFleur is, is the OC seriously. And they got Deshaun Watson. Are you kidding me? You're going to see a lot of those top free agents going, you know what? I'd like to sign a multi-year deal. I want to, I want to run for championships with you guys and Deshaun Watson Let's go ahead and backload my contract. So how about Joe Thune saying, hey, you give me $10 million this year if I get 15 for the next three. Yeah. Like you'll see a lot of those offers coming in. Those guys know the, cal- the salary cap is rough for 2021, but they still want to play. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys more willing to kind of be a lot, a lot more lenient on that first initial contract. And Joe Douglas can stagger them too. He can say, well, we don't want to backload everything and be in cap hell a couple years down the road. So they'll stagger people back and forth, and they'll pay this guy now, this guy later. And these guys are going to be willing to do it because they see the direction. So I, I, I kind of got a little long. No, I, no, no. Those, those are those are actually are our points that I was going to, to touch upon. Just specifically. Didn't mean to steal them. <laughs> well, no, you're, you're good because, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's enough of it that needs to be reiterated. Sure. Um, you guys read my post. I mean, I, I, this, this really ridiculously long post. Um, that I kind of kicked around Facebook, uh, you know, last week about 
how there's going to be an adjustment period for Jets fans who have this, you know, perpetual doom and gloom kind of uh, outlook on the team. And I think that because, you know, we have, you know, a, a little bit of a, of a steadying factor in Joe Douglas, because what it is that we have now is 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 probably, if not one of the the, the better coaching candidates coming in right now, we can we can just tell by by the by the the, the coaching staff that he's assembling right now. Um, all this conversation about you know you know we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot and blah 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 those things, um, those things are, are really no longer relevant. It's going to take time for some of us as Jets fans to kind of get off of that schneid a little bit and just recognize that what it is that we're going to see here is good football. Um, how many how many times have we said you know the, the only the only time we've been able to really recognize good football is in other organizations? Um, we've we've seen other teams do it. We've seen other GMs do it. We've seen other owners you know kind of do it. And, and I'm just going to – I'll throw this out there because I know there's going to be a lot of questions about Woody and, and his influence on what's going to happen. But I think if Woody hasn't learned anything else, he's learned probably at this point that, yeah, sign the checks and shut up and let the football guys do what it is that they do because of what because of what Chris did in, in bringing in Adam Gase and how drastic that actually – you know, catastrophic that actually was for us. Um, look, what, what, we're, what we're getting ready to see right now and again, to your point about uh, you know us not really being that far off, we have talent in quite a few places that I think people are not recognizing because they're just so intent on saying that we're a bad team. Uh, that CJ will know. I got dogged out for saying that 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 CJ Hern, uh, excuse me, that 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 Chris Herndon was gonna was gonna rebound this season. And, and I said, and, and and just specifically, I'll just throw it out. I said he's probably gonna look more like Kittle. Than what he did, than what he looked like last season. And when you figure out that you know you got a guy with that type of talent, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to come in and be kiddo, mind you. Let's just you know I'm going to pump the brakes on that. But compared to what it is that we saw last season, we're going to have a night and day, uh, Chris Herndon. And and what that does for how wide open this offense can be, what what it means for us to have uh, running backs like uh, um, uh, P. Ryan and. and why am I drawing? Ty Johnson, those Ty guys Johnson, in the backfield, you know what I'm saying? In, in this type of offense. And now just think about this. We are, are looking at bringing in a, a number one free agent wide receiver. And, you know, the, the, the Twitter sphere has, you know, Allen Robinson commenting quite a bit on what Deshaun Watson is doing right now. So, you know, I, I, I trust the players when it comes to that. They're, yeah, they're going to be a little cryptic in what it is that they're saying. But these are the guys that, you know, they hang out. They're, they're, they're in the strip club. You know, they're at the, they're at the barbecues at the houses. You know, they're, 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 you know, smoking blunts with each other in all season, trying to get their knees and their back together. You know, these are, these are, these are the guys that I would trust if I was going to really think about, you know, how, how do we accept what it is that we're being fed in the media? So, look, um, I, I'm going to wrap this up real quick. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. And I think that, again, what it is that we're seeing is all of this pushback because we haven't really reached the, the point where we can say we see it yet. Um, but it's coming. Mark my words, it's coming. Right. Well, this is the problem, okay? The problem is is that we're so used to hearing this, okay? You are a factory of sadness! (laughs) Okay? That's what we're used to hearing Jet fans say about this organization, okay? But this is what I need to say. You're way off. I say you're way off this time, son. Right. Okay, right. and the reason being is because we don't have Mike McCagnin here. Okay, no. this is not John Idzik. Mm. Okay, we have Joe Douglas here. Thank you. 
And I keep telling everybody, and I know a lot of people don't seem to understand this. Joe Douglas brings to the table three, count them, three Super Bowl rings. That's three more than anybody else in the New York Jets organization had before the man walked through the door. Okay? The man knows what it takes to build a championship football team. That's why everybody who is not a football person needs to just shut up and stay out of the way. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, so there's some interesting things that I think Douglas can do that'll circumvent kind of the jet tax. I mean, I don't think we'll have the jet tax. Even if we don't get Watson, I think it sort of pivots a little bit with Sal getting here, but there's some interesting things that Douglas can do, right? So the he traded a lot of or he, he traded for a lot of like late round picks, like 20, I want to say it was 2022 20, six round picks yeah, or something so, crazy yeah, like that. Like the salary cap is dropping by so much this year. They're talking about it being 176 million for the 2021 season. There's going to be a lot of teams that are over the salary cap and a lot of teams that are trying to get under the salary cap that are going to have to cut good players on bad contracts. And the Jets are in a prime position if they want to trade a late round pick for a quality starter, that contract coming in may be, might not be the greatest, but you can attract that player now. Or you can, you know, when they trade that player, the signing bonus comes off, the contract looks a lot more attractive because Deshaun Watson's contract with Houston is significantly different than what Deshaun's Watson co- Deshaun Watson's contract would be with the New York Jets. The other part of this is because the salary cap is dropping, you could definitely see a lot of one-year contracts. And I would definitely endorse this because if you can get one-year contracts and now the Jets start signing some, some guys to, to bigger-term deals – that we we keep in-house, like whether it be draft picks or, or, or maybe a few key free agents. Those one-year contracts for guys that want to try and get money, like a lot of money next year, that's huge for the comp pick formula because if we lose free agents and people sign them up and snatch them up and they sign a huge contract, we're going to get an extra third-round pick, a fourth-round pick back. And Douglas loves his comp draft pick. pick. So don't, yep. don't discredit that by any stretch because if, if we can add more assets, then it's just huge. Good drafting leads to good – players eventually leaving in free agency, which leads to comp picks, which leads to more good players under cheap, controllable contracts. So I, I, I love Douglas. I think it's awesome. I, and I, I think that's kind of where he's gearing us towards. All right, guys. So let me get some of these comments on the air again. Thank you to everyone who is watching tonight, who is commenting in the comments. There's a lot. I'm going to try to get to everybody's. If I don't get your comment on, I apologize. I'm going to do my best to try and get everybody's on. All right. Uh, Matthias Simon, shout out to him. I say reset the cat and tr- uh, cap and trade Donald and take Wilson. Uh, Christopher Lelouz, if we can get Watson and not sell the farm uh, to do it, I'd pull the trigger. Uh, Louis Gons, I agree. I don't see you. Uh, I don't see how you don't do what you have to do to get him. Uh, shout out to Sunny Shades again. No matter what we end up doing, once we do, and Sam is no longer our quarterback for the first time, a QB will leave, and he won't be completely hated. It'll be. Purely a business decision. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Justin Menga, shout out to him. Kev's rocking the hat. Kev with the drip. He wants the website as to, as to where you where you got your hat. But I digress. Um, and do, 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 uh, there was another one I want to get on here. Uh, uh, Sunny Shades, John Gifford thinks Salah is the worst choice we ever made. And he's so blank that he eats M&Ms and he'll poop no, out no, Skittles. So whatever he says, I'm not going against. Look, I got a uh, look. I got uh, I got a lot of respect for Johnny Gifford. I really do. He came on this show. You know, we he, we 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 gave him a hard time, but you know what? At the end of the day, he was right. So you know, 
kudos to him. Kudos for calling for 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 saying what he said. He's got his opinion. That's fine. So be it, and let's just move on. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to begrudgingly give you that. One. <laughs> well, look, dude. I mean, really. All right. Uh, uh, Justin did chime in. Uh, thoughts on going after Zach Ertz to pair with Herndon? I'd rather go after Hunter Henry. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think it'd be a more a more affordable, and he's a younger guy too. Yeah. I'd rather draft Kyle that's Pitts at 23, cool. but that's just up to me. Kyle Pitts, man, I'm I'm still thinking that uh, if we got a cornerback uh, in that spot, or if we got an edge rusher, those those are probably be my priorities at 23. Oh, and, and and shout out to Justin. Check out his page, man. Justin's got the you know the, the sports memorabilia stuff. Right? Really dope page, and uh, you know Justin's a good guy. So, all right, um, uh, Sunny Shades, chime, uh, chiming back in really quick. If we're going to talk about what the Jet fans are afraid of, then fine. But this Jet fan is more afraid of us not doing anything. In order to win, uh, in, in order to win a gamble, you need to at least bet and play a hand. Completely oh, agree with you. Funny. Completely agree with you. That's why you know put the put the keys in Joe Douglas's hands. Let him make the right decisions. He and Salah are going to be in lockstep as to what they're going to do with with the future of the franchise. So I uh, I am, you know, I'm I'm good with that. So whether we roll with Darnold, whether we draft Fields or, or Wilson or Trevor Lawrence falls to us at two and we go that route, whether we go ahead and we acquire Deshaun Watson, which would be awesome, you know, I, we'll go that route. Whoever's quarterback for the New York Jets, the only thing that I'm concerned about is just get me wins. Win me football games. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you go get Shane Falco off the scrap heap. Okay? Tell him to come in for a tryout. Okay? If, if Shane Falco is going to run out there and he's going to go get the deaf tight end and, and, uh, and you know, his, his, his other friends from the Washington Sentinels to come on in here and they're actually going to win games, dude, I'm all for it. Just win me football games. All right, so Watson, Mims, and Robinson, sweet. Uh, uh, shout out to the Greenhouse New York Jets football. Uh, Paul, James, Schwedler, Watson, and Allen Robinson. Our offense would be night and day. Absolutely, dude. Allen Robinson, you go and you get a wide receiver one. Boom. You're ready to go. Too, and, and, and we're talk- yeah, but I mean, we're still talking about Mims and Crowder in that same offense. Come on, yeah. man. That's right. like, you know, how, how what? Yeah, do that. Right, and then Lawrence Cager, you actually give that kid some decent reps and let him get some play? Wow. wow. That is going to be a, a red zone threat, Lawrence Cager. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I, I, you know, a, a lot of people are ragging on him that, like, you know, oh, he's he's trash, he's this and that. I'll tell you something right now. He started the first couple of days of, of, of Jets training camp last year where he was rough and he couldn't catch anything and they were calling him stone hands. And you know what? He came out day two, and he was catching everything under the sun. He was stealing catches from other receivers because he was in a better position to leap over and grab the ball. Okay, so this dude can, this dude can play. If it wasn't for the fact that he jacked up his hamstrings in the first game that he started after he made an unbelievable 36-yard catch on the, uh, on, on the, uh, the sidelines, and then they had to pull him out of the game because he hurt himself making the catch, he would have made a dent. Adam Gase's offense was the most pathetic offense on the planet. The Bayside Bears over here in Palm Bay could have run a better offensive system than the New York Jets last year. Stop it! CJ, I I think we're going to talk about potential free agents and stuff like that. like possible draft picks and stuff. Well, who is that kid? I just, it's, I'm going to lose it if I don't ask you now. Uh, Was it uh, Kadarius Toney? 
That's my boy right there. Give me, give me some Kadarius Tony, baby. Isn't he like 6'6", 220, something like that? That kid is a beast at the University of Florida. Give me some Kadarius Tony, baby. Look, our Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts. Our draft picks are going to be really interesting. Just and I mean, just think about this. Just looking at Joe Douglas's record with what it is that he brought in with those picks. Yeah, mind you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give him the mulligan on, on the James Morgan pick. We really don't know what that is. I also just – I, I want 200 I, IQ C block of Bill Belichick. And, but, I but, and, and look, I, I, I'm going to say this also because I think this is really relevant. We had Dow Loggins and Adam Gaze running the quarterback room, so we really don't know what that kid is. You know what I'm saying? We really don't know what that kid is. So, so, so let, let, let's keep that in perspective. But if Joe Douglas does what it is that I think that he'll do with those mid to late round picks, man – well, you talk about how far we are not away right now, how much closer we would be if you add guys. Like I, I said this, uh, you know, when we were talking about Miami and how Miami had all of those picks and how many guys they had. They added a lot of guys, man. And then you saw that in their record. You saw that in their depth. Miami, you know, Miami showed some folks last season that, you know, I, I, I really just, you know, how what a, what, a, what a good staff, what a good coach does for transforming your organization. Joe Douglas, man, with bringing in Salah this season and having those picks – Man, we can add a lot of guys. It changes the complexion of what it is that we do. I, I look, I, I say I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm really excited. I, I think I'm I'm probably more excited now than I have been in, in since uh, since Parcells there. Yeah, and look, Kevin, you talk about this all the time. Another unfortunate side effect of hunger, right? Yeah, Jet fans complete, co- completely <laughs> overreact. We completely start bugging out. We completely start coming out with with this trade and that trade, and then all of a sudden there's 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 Jets infighting. There's infighting within the fan base because one fan has, has, has this thought and then that fan has that thought and then all of a sudden they, they disagree and then they're yelling, they're, they're yelling and they're cursing out each other's mothers and whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's a circus sometimes. Okay, it's like, look, every single Jets fan that roots for this team has a singular vision as to what they think the New York Jets should look like or the New York Jets should do. My vision is different from Kevin's. Kevin's Kevin's vision is different from Jimmy's. Jimmy's vision is different from Ryan's. Ryan's Ryan's vision is different from mine. So guess what? Instead of us fighting with one another and saying, you don't know football and your football (laughs) IQ sucks and blah, 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 blah. How about embrace the difference? Embrace the difference. Embrace the creativity. Have meaningful conversations and not just sit there and insult each other's mothers because you think that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because you don't agree with his opinion. How about we try a little bit of that first? Okay. I'm guilty. I'm guilty, but... Right, I'm guilty too, but you know what? I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to say, well, your mother wears combat boots because I think that we shouldn't shouldn't trade five first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean... The what the hell does your mother wearing combat boots have to do with that? The ones that keep saying we should draft Sewell because we can just swap Beckton or Sewell no. over to right tackle. Yeah, I, no, I, no, no, I, I attack those. No. I attack those. I attack those. No. I attack those. No. I don't play okay. that. I attack those. Those are great. Yeah. Gonna, uh, nah, stop. Look, stop. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to kind of toss one to Ryan real quick because I just had a question. It, maybe because I was asking about the mid-round picks and all that. Um... You are a factory of sadness. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's going to change, and, and and really, with with the draft looking the way that it is, um, you know, as far as 
some of the maybe secondary positions of need, edge, corner, stuff like that? I mean, do you think we have some options there uh, in the mid rounds to really kind of add some 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 depth or some talent in there? I mean, you, you have guys in particular that you like that you think might we might we might pull trigger on. So I think for me, it depends on what we do with our first round pick. If we're trading for Watson, then I'm willing to forego some more uh, draft assets to try and attract some free agents that I really like that could be a little bit cheaper uh, in the areas of need. But if we are, say, holding on to pick 23 or holding on to pick 34, that's where I would really like to address edge rusher cornerback. And I would like to double dip later on in the draft as well. Uh, guys like Patrick Jones, I think it, it could be a great fit at, at 23 or 34. Uh, the edge rusher from, um, oh God, what, what is it? It's UCLA, I think. I could be off on the, on the it's a blue jersey. I, I think he's going to be really good. I think uh, either J.C. Horn, if he falls to 23. No, he's he's love pit. that guy. He's Pitt? He's pit. Okay, Pat, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Patrick Jones is Pitt. Yeah, so those two, I think Asante Samuel Jr. out of mm-hmm. FSU, I think is an interesting player to keep an eye on. Uh, there's a, there's a bunch of guys that you could get into. Once you start getting into like the third, fourth round, that's where you really have to let the scouting kind of take over and just hope that these guys have done enough research because we have seen very limited uh, players this year. We've seen a lot of guys that have opted out, so we don't know where their their draft stock is going to be. One running back that I'm really high on, Kenny Gainwell, opted out this year had four family members die of COVID and the guy looked elite last year. And then this year we don't get to see him. So where does he fall? Is he, you know, valued as a second round pick? Cause he's, I think he's going to be that good. Or does he fall to the fourth round because, you know, he's a running back. They don't want to take a risk on him. He's out a year out. Is he going to have a Le'Veon Bell type season by missing a year? It's interesting. Great points. Um, I think we're, we're probably going to end up seeing um, maybe some additions to the offensive line coming, you know, fourth, fifth round and also so. I'm really excited about that. I'm, I'm, I'm just understanding that our free agent period is gonna is really gonna give us a little bit more of an idea of what to expect. Um, but I've, I'm just there are there are so many guys um, early that are really kind of they're just kind of jumping out at me. Like you said, J.C. Horn, I, I, I love that kid for some reason. Um, if if we were to add him to the mix, ooh, buddy, yeah, we're gonna look we're gonna look pretty good. Just- just give me Deontay Brown at guard with oh, pick oh, 34. Oh, please. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're, we're coming up against it here. When we come back, we're going to have our open mic section where we're going to go around the room and give our thoughts on the New York Jets offseason and some potential things that maybe or maybe not people are thinking on right now. Plus, our final thoughts segment, you're listening to Weapons Hot a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome back to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. CJ the Painkiller, D. Simone here, you there. Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson on the other side of the glass, along with Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, our very special guest, Mr. Ryan Delaney from Jets Talk 24-7. Be sure to go and check him out. And Ryan, really quick, uh, you actually had a little bit of a pseudo-fundraiser this past Monday for uh, someone who was very, very close to you who uh, uh, passed away. So I would like you to please let us know. Uh, please tell the Weapons Hot audience a little bit about that. And I believe you also have a website as well where uh, if, if people would like to donate, um, they, they can. So please take it away. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a friend of mine that I, I went to high school with uh, joined the military. He wound up going to West Point, wound up uh, passing away tragically at the age of uh, he's 30 or 31. I'm not exactly sure uh, when his birthday is, but the he passed away in a, a helicopter crash in Rochester that happened, I believe it was last week or a week and a half ago at this point. Uh, we were able to raise about $1,000 for the charity. Um, let me pull up the website real quick so I don't misquote it. Uh, but yeah, all the money goes to local charities that, uh, or, or local businesses in the town of Warwick. That's where we grew up. Uh, so it benefits all those. Uh, and the, the website is smallthingsinkgives.org. Uh, and then it's, um, oops, sorry, I'm starting to get a little feedback <laughs> in my ear. I think it's my own computer. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so it's smallthingsinkgives.org. Uh, slash product slash in dash memory dash of dash Danny dash prile slash six. Uh, great kid. The guy, you know, when the trade centers went down back in 01, his dad was a fireman and he came out and, you know, he asked his dad to, to pick him up a piece from the rubble. Uh, he had, he actually wound up getting a necklace of a piece of glass from the trade centers and then wound up making a ring for his mother as well. And he was always a, a big person in, in the community. He was a huge track and field you know, athlete, just a great person overall. And, you know, the, we're as a jet fan base, a little worse off because we don't have him, you know, protecting us and just rooting for our team as well. So if you guys do want to, you know, donate it all, by all means, you can head to that. I could, you know, provide more information later on, but you know, it's uh goes to a good cause. I was fortunate enough to be able to super chat for that one on that show. So thank you very much. It means a lot. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm also um uh I also recently became a member of the Jets 24/7 uh YouTube channel and uh, I appreciate everything that you guys do over there. You, Matt, Green Bean, you guys do a phenomenal job over there. So, uh that was something that kind of stuck out and I wanted to make sure we mentioned that on this evening's show because um I was down there for 9/11 as well. So, uh I we lost quite a few friends when the towers went down. So 9/11 has a very special meaning for me. So to um, to hear all of that, you know, is is always interesting because there's so many people who have so many different stories about that day, 9/11, 2001. Uh, it, it was imp- I felt it very important that we made sure that we got that out there um, today uh, here on tonight's podcast for you. So uh, again, thank you. We are tremendously sorry for your loss, and you know if there's there's any way that we could any way that Weapons Hot can help you uh, promote the website, please do, do not hesitate to reach out to us, and we'll be more than happy to uh, to assist in any way we can. Thank you so much, guys. It means a lot. All right, so now moving on, let's talk a little bit more about some Jets football. Um, I think we've kind of beat the Deshaun Watson topic to death with a stick. Um, I want to get back to uh, some of these comments over here again. I want to thank everyone who is who's watching live, who's commenting in the comments, uh, who's interacting with us. We're going to get these comments on the air by hook or by crook. But really quick, I want to kind of sidebar away from Deshaun Watson. There are a lot of needs on this football team. Now, I still think that the offensive line is incomplete, although Pat Elfline was a very nice addition. McGovern... Played a little bit better toward the stretch, but still had patches. Um, George Fant uh, actually really stuck out after a lot of fans were kind of like, why are we bringing George Fant here? 
So, Kevin, we're going to start with you. We're going to go to Ryan, and then we'll follow up with Jimmy. What is it that you expect to see from the New York Jets this offseason? Now, again, let's take Deshaun Watson out of the conversation. We've already beat that horse to death. Let's try to focus on a few other things, like a few other needs on this football team. Please, the floor is yours. Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm actually thankful that we're able to get away from Deshaun Watson right now. I think that's dominating um, the, the, the news sphere right now, and uh, there's too much uncertainty uh, with that right now. So um, as far as what it is that I know that we need, we need edge help, we need cornerback help. Um, I think that those would probably be our priorities as far as the draft is concerned. Um just because I know that, you know, having those 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 four picks within the first 98, um, I really kind of have a, a, a an idea that what it is that we're going to end up doing is is uh, we'll, we'll go cornerback, I think, early. I think those those guys are those prospective guys, the, the, the top of the bunch. Um, I think those are probably a lot more attainable when we're starting to get to towards 23 and 34. I think those those either one of those picks depend. And, and this is all again going to be without doing anything with Deshaun Watson if we just stay where it is that we are right now okay um at 23 at 34 one of those picks or both those picks will be offensive line corner or 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 vice versa in in that um the edge rusher is a little a little crazy for me because um I think a lot of the guys that I really like they may still be there around that time I don't know um but I, I'm starting to think that maybe fourth, fifth round, sixth round picks, that's when we're going to start seeing some of those secondary wide receivers getting getting picked up. Maybe that's where we're also going to see the second uh, the second options at cornerback for us, considering um, we kind of do need more depth in that, you know, in that room. Um, Bryce Hall, yeah, we've already touched upon him, that that kid, man. They, they said he was a steal when we got him, and uh, he definitely played like it down the stretch. So, um, just adding some more competition for Bless Austin or maybe even a, a possibility of having someone that comes in and is good enough to be a starter in that mm-hmm. role, like right off. Um, I think it, it, it's difficult for cornerbacks. And I, I know, uh, Jim, we talked about this because we played corner. Um, but I, I think some of the guys that we have uh, or that will be available in that, and please, I don't, I don't have my list in front of me. Please excuse me. I, um, but we're, we're going to have some options there, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, you know, again, just, just because I think that these are the most pressing, I think edge corner and, uh, offensive line, I really, I can't really see us doing too much outside of those with those, with those top picks. So, um, I'll, I'll kind of leave it there. Like I said, I don't have all of my names in the list here. I, I've been kicking around a few guys, um, but I'm really interested in what Ryan has to say about that. Cause I know you guys do a lot more in depth with that stuff than, than maybe what I do. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with the, the positions you kind of laid out that we're looking for when I, when I look at what this team is deficient in. It's a number one wide receiver. It's a number one corner. It's, you know, interior offensive line. So that's mainly guard. Uh, and then it's uh, edge rusher. So for me, I think edge rusher is probably going to be more of a draft uh, need that we fill in, you know, the either our second first round pick or pick 34. I think, um, in free agency for, for edge rusher. I'm looking at Romeo Aquara, the, the edge rusher from Detroit. I think he could make a lot of sense. Um, when I'm looking at guard, obviously Joe Thune's the, the guy that everyone wants. I would, I would be first in line for him if we can get him. If by some 
reason New England decides to franchise tag him again because they have a ton of cap space and he doesn't hit the market, we'd go after Sheriff. If Sheriff doesn't hit the market, I would really like us to look at Kevin Zeitler, the guard from the Giants. He's going to save the Giants $12 million in cap space if they cut him. And I think there's a really nice perk to having the Jets and Giants in the same stadium. Guys don't have to move their homes. They don't have to change cities. Now, the Jets need interior offensive line help. This guy's 31 years old. Yeah, it's the back nine of his career, but it's still a really good move for the next two, three years that could help us out, you know, with maybe adding a a Wyatt Davis in the draft or, or, uh, you know, some other offensive lineman that you could find. Wide receiver is another one that I think I want to handle in free agency. I think when you bring in either a Deshaun Watson or a rookie quarterback or Sam Darnold, whoever you're bringing in, we have the young guy in Mims. We have Crowder. We have Herndon, who we're going to try and develop a little bit more this year. I think wide receiver one, I would like us to not necessarily have to groom someone. So on my list, obviously Robinson's going to be really high, especially with the Watson connection. Godwin for me is huge. Godwin, I think if I could guarantee him – in terms of wide receiver, the age and everything he can do. I think he's a home run. More likely than not, I think we go a a cheaper route, and I think we look at maybe a Curtis Samuel and then possibly – I know it's not a sexy name by any means, but I think he fits the, the offensive system a little bit. Uh, then in terms of cornerback, I don't know where I kind of want to go in free agency because there's, there's not a whole lot of players I really love. Uh, Darby from the 49ers was a former Eagles player while Douglas was there. So I could see him coming in. He had a really bad year two years ago, wound up signing a one-year contract with Washington, had himself a really nice year this year. So maybe bringing in him. I think we could look at the guys from the 49ers as, as players that could come in guys like a Ronald Blair that play D end. He's not a, a super flashy name. He missed all of last season, but I think he's a cheap option that could come in for maybe $2 million. I think you could look at, teams that we have connections with with Douglas so Baltimore the Eagles teams that are cap strapped the Eagles are going to have to get rid of some guys Vinnie Curry uh Derek Barnett guys that I can kind of uh rattle off real quick guys that are going to have to get cut or, or maybe get traded because they need the need the cap space the Saints are a team I really want to take a look at because they are like a hundred million dollars over the salary cap and they got an edge rusher that's really good they got a cornerback in Lattimore that's really good I would trade Sam Darnold straight up for Marshawn Lattimore and that would solve cornerback one. Or if they want the number 34 pick or whatever, and you're guaranteeing me a starting caliber cornerback at 34, that's like 25 years old, yeah. all day, 100%. I think there's going to be some moves that Douglas can make, and we can really improve this team without too many like hoops to jump through. And Lattimore pick, though. Wow, please do that. Please. Yeah, actually, believe it or not, that would that would actually be a very fair trade in all, in all respects. Jimmy, talk to me. So... I am 100% first of all on board with Chris Godwin. I, like everybody loves Allen Robinson, but I think what was it? Godwin is 24 actually. Mm-hmm. I believe he'll be 25 for the 2021 season. Um, not to say that Allen Robinson is is too old. He's 27, but he's still at the top of his game. Hasn't lost a step that I've seen, and he's he's had Trubisky throwing to him so. Um, either one I think would be a slam dunk and instant, an instant threat, instant improvement on, on the Jets offense. Yeah. Big time. Um, I, I do agree with Ryan. I think, I think, uh, edge rusher is going to be something we, we handle in the draft just because, uh, the one, the guys that are available, they're going to be pretty spendy and there's been 
Like I, I still like Yannick Ngakwe um, for Baltimore. I think he's he's been shuffled around to two different teams this season, but he's still. I think last I looked, he had eight or nine sacks, a uh, bunch of tackles. You know, standard numbers for an edge rusher, and with all the adversity he's had to go through with changing cities, changing teams, changing this and that. I think he'd be a potentially good option. Um, one of the one of the dark horses that I'm really looking for is Ryan Ramchick, Ramzik or Ramchick from the Saints. Um, he's not a free agent, so it's it's potentially one of those you know offer the Saints a fourth fifth round draft pick, and we can take over the 11 million dollars that he's going to cost him. Then then that would wipe him fully off. That would save them 11 million dollars out of the hundred million dollars that they're negative. Um, but he's a natural right tackle. Uh, let, let Fant compete with him for that starting spot. Um, I still like, and I'm going to steal Ryan's thunder here. I still like Daniel Falele in the fourth, fifth round uh, for right tackle because he's got some stuff to work on. Uh, he's got to work on the footwork, but he's also a natural right tackle. And again, I'm going to cover this. Could be better than what we've had. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And I'm going to cover this more when we go on Weapons Hot After Dark because then I can really go in on on some of this stuff. But Mm -hmm. as I said before, just stop saying Sewell at two. Yes, please. it, It is not a good idea. You don't swap tackles. I've said it over and over on this show. I've said it over and over on Facebook. Um if they, if things stay the way they are, I'm I'm looking at uh, I think barring <laughs> barring the miracle that Trevor Lawrence falls to the number two pick, obviously that would be a no brainer. Like you you instantly just change that card before you hand it off to Trevor Lawrence. But I think Zach Wilson uh, edges out Justin Fields. Uh, I was pretty low on Fields there for a long time because everything I watched on him. Um, Ohio State is a very, very, very scripted offense, and everybody knows it. And I noticed that Fields, really, if something goes wrong or if something goes off script, it does take him a couple series to kind of rebound from that. And he has shown improvement, which, you know, he, he went up in my in stock for me. But uh, I think Zach Wilson has an absolute cannon. I, I compare him to Josh Allen with his, his arm. He throws a really pretty deep ball. He's mobile. Uh, he's got that little wonky three-quarter release, and uh, with his shoulder surgery in 2019, like everybody still is like, "Oh, well, that's a shoulder surgery already." Blah blah blah. Well, I mean, that's nothing that Mike Lafleur and the quarterbacks coaches can't coach out of him, you know, to change the release. And then if you get him, if you get that release trained out of him, that shoulder is no longer an issue. Uh, so I like uh, Zach Wilson at two. If that's the if that's the route they go, I agree that edge is going to be we're going to go defense for pick twenty three. I really love, really love Deontay Brown, the guard out of Alabama. Just him next to him next to Becton. Let Pat Elfline again compete for that job, or let Brown you know compete for that job. Uh, going down into the mid rounds, I think that we can find some good edge rushers. Like if we can get uh, Patrick Jones at 23, I'd be super happy, but I'd also love to, I think uh, Joe Tryon was with Washington, right? Plays for Washington. I like Joe Tryon in the mid rounds. Um, Again, with the defensive scheme that we're going to be going after, 
you want lockdown corners for sure. I'm not saying you don't. Um, but I think you can look at Asante Samuel Jr. in the third round. I think you can look at uh, Paulson Adebo from Stanford. I think he'll be there in the fourth, fifth round. Um, but if they're if they're going to be doing a lot of zone packages, I mean, we're not, again, corner's been rough for us. But with that defensive scheme, again, I don't think we're far off of, of being a, a competitive defense. So ultimately... I think uh, I think it'll be a defensive heavy draft. To be honest, uh, wide receivers. I love Seth Williams out of Auburn. I love uh, Shy um, Shy Smith. Uh, I believe South Carolina, right? A um, couple of those wide receivers are really good. Uh, my dark horse for receiver late, late, probably sixth round, is um, Jalen Virgil out of. not Vanderbilt is it anyway um Jalen Virgil he runs I think he was clocked at a 4-2-4-40 and he is one of the most shifty wide receivers he's a hands catcher he's got a wide catch radius he reaches for the ball and on his highlight reel I, CJ I think I sent you his highlight reel maybe um or maybe not no I think I actually sent that somewhere else but yeah but, I, did, I, I definitely did not get a highlight reel so <laughs> Uh, I'm rambling a little bit, uh, but I like uh, he's very aggressive and he's got his three cone drill is going to be out of this world fast. So Jalen Virgil, late round picks. And I think last thing I'm going to touch on is the Jets have got to draft a kicker. I like Jonathan Doer out of uh, Notre Dame or everybody. What, you don't like Sergio about. Castillo? No, I don't, <laughs> CJ. I haven't liked the Jets kicker for five years, <laughs> <laughs> what you don't want to take I, another flyer on Nick Folk? No, <laughs> just no. pump him with a little bit of formaldehyde. He'll be all right. Oh, no, he won't. <laughs> yeah, he won't. If there's if there's one no. thing the doom and gloom fans have right, it's, it's maybe Jason Bedvick is out there. Maybe we could give him another oh, shot. Let's not even let's not even Look. speak that stuff into existence. Right now. <laughs> I think I'm sorry. I had to throw that in there. No, no, you're good, man. I, I just think uh, I like Joe Douglas taking those late draft picks on special teams. Guys like Braden, man. I think Jonathan Doerr uh, or uh, Cameron Dicker are going to be can't miss kicking prospects. They both got legs. They're both really accurate. And my thing with kickers is I want you to be automatic. I don't care if you can't hit a 65 yard field goal, you show me you're automatic from 40 and in. If you can show me your automatic between inside of forty yards, I I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So, real quick, I want to go through these um these these comments over here again. Thank you to everybody who is commenting. So I had initially put out one where I wanted to hear who was who was your free agent acquisition that you would like to do. First off, I do want to give a shout out to Frank. Uh. In Goglia, I'm sure I probably butchered his last name, but uh, he actually had a uh, a 9/11 story to to share with us, um, where he was playing football, uh, I believe at Wake. Um, I just want to scroll it down. Yeah, uh, he was oh, no, he was playing football at CW Post during 9/11. His dad was a, hey. was an FDNY fireman. He joined the Marines after. Frank, we thank you for your service from the from the bottom of our hearts. Yes, sir, um, CW Post around my way. 
Uh, also, another thing here, Greenhouse, New York Jets football. I said it before, in this division, you have to build the top defense. Yeah, that's true because, I mean, look, let's take a look. But the Buffalo Bills have slid into the New England Patriots spot right now for the time being. They are the top dog in the division. They are going to be the benchmark now as to what everybody else is going to be measured, measured in. Now, the Miami Dolphins have leapfrogged the New York Jets because of all the chicanery that's been going on within the Jets organization. We already talked about all of that. Okay, so now it's time for the Jets to kind of keep neck and neck a little bit with the New England Patriots, okay? The Patriots still have a solid system. They still have Bill Belichick coaching. If they get themselves a quarterback, they're going to be right back in the mix. So the Jets have some catching up to do. And Joe Douglas knows this, all right? So um, what are the other things I want to go through? Uh, uh, Frankie chimed back in. Robinson at Galladay at wide receiver. Uh, Ryan need to get a legit number one for whoever is playing quarterback. We also need a real fullback in the Shanahan offense. And Kyle J from San, uh, uh, Kyle Jusex from... Uh, I probably butchered his last name. From San Francisco is a free agent and just bought a home on, on Long Island. So I'm sure that somebody's going to be making a phone call about that. Um, uh, Sonny Shades uh, poking fun at Jimmy Jardine. He wants Sewell a two. Come on, Jimmy, just move back to the center. Come on, bro. So cue evil laugh there. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Matthias Simon, shout out to him. Uh, best defensive players available, Von Miller from the Denver Broncos, Leonard Williams from the Giants, Melvin Ingrams from the Chargers, Matt Judon, Baltimore Ravens, Bud Dupree, Pittsburgh Steelers, Shaquille Barrett, Tampa Bay Bucks, Jadavion Clowney, Tennessee Titans, here we go again with that circus, Justin Simmons, Den- Denver Broncos, Justin Houston, Indianapolis Colts, Yannick Ngakwe, Baltimore Ravens, Patrick Peterson, Arizona Cardinals, there's somebody I might take a flyer on. Uh, Tyrone Crawford, uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys. That's also another name I would get. Uh, is, is, isn't I, I would, Peterson like 94 years old? Something like that. Oh, who the hell knows? They probably pump him through with uh, so much formaldehyde. He's he, he's on the TB12 method. Uh, who, who the hell knows? All right, so anyhow. Free safety or slot corner? Oh, please. You know, this is the time they transition. I like Sherman yeah. in that locker room. Really right. Like so now look. I got the top fifty, uh, the top fifty NFL free agents pulled up here according to NFLTradeRumors.com, uh, and I encourage everybody to go and take a look at this list. Now, the cornerbacks, okay, Shaquille Griffin from Seattle, twenty six years old, definitely got to take a flyer on him. Okay, Desmond King, cornerback from I Tennessee. Shaquille Griffin, I'm sorry. Huh? I uh, just just. Two seconds on this. Shaquille Griffin can kick rocks for me because he was on one of the worst defensive secondaries in the NFL. And against the Jets with the number 32 ranked offense, he is like like an overthrow that he is somewhat near. And he's doing these stupid little dances on the sidelines like like he did something, man. Shaquille Griffin, goodbye. That's a no Pass. from Jimmy. That's a no from Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I'm sure he'll probably have a have, have a lot more to say that on weapons hot after dark. So, oh, but we'll 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 talk about this. So, um, uh, shout out to Rockaway Archie. He sent me a couple of a uh, couple of different formats over here. We're gonna take a look at. Um, if we don't get to him on this show, we'll definitely get to him on a, on a future show. He does a lot of mock drafts, um, a lot of stuff with the um the salary caps and so on and so forth. Yep. Uh, other quarterbacks worth uh, worth noting: William Jackson III out of Cincinnati, uh, Troy Hill 
from the Rams, but he's 30. I don't know if age might become a factor. Richard Sherman, San Francisco, he's 33, but you know what? I would still bring him in. Yep. I bring him in for the leadership factor and plus the fact of all the positive things that he had to say about Robert Salah. And also, I think that it would be good to have a Richard Sherman in the locker room to help the young guys kind of mature them, to kind of get mature and get right. Um, also, don't forget Brian Poole, cornerback, New York Jets, 28. Do we bring him back for another year? If okay, Chidobi Azui, a cornerback from Dallas, he's only 26. You know, you could bring him in on the cheap. You know, so this also as far as wide receivers are concerned, you have Chris Godwin, you have Allen Robbins, uh, uh, um, uh, Allen Robinson, Trent Williams is out there, the offensive tackle from from San Francisco. If you want to go and you want to take a flyer on him, um, also other names worth men- mentioning: Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, um, Brandon Scherf. Uh, out there, but I have a feeling that Washington's not going to let him go. So I don't know Probably about that. Not. Joe Dooney. Which is really the big, the, the big fish in the pond right now, right next to Allen Robinson, where New York Jets have their sights set on. But the question is, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, the, the, the thing with Dooney is he got franchise tag from New England. Now, it could be a possibility they could, they could franchise him again. They could maybe talk him into signing a long-term deal. We really don't know. So we do have to keep one eye peeled as to what our neighbors to the north are doing. But... Who the heck knows? All right. Um, uh, other ones, Taylor Morton from Carolina. Uh, to, to, to Corey Lindsley from Green Bay, although I think we're pretty set at center. Um, uh, Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh is out there. Russell Olkong from Carolina. So, I mean, there's a, there, there's a plethora of guys out there that can be had. But really... If, if you're looking at your top three, if I'm Joe Douglas and my top three, if I'm looking at this list, I'm looking at Allen Robinson, I'm looking at Joe Dooney, and then maybe I try to pop back up into the top, into the top ten and go see if I could get a Chris Godwin. Just so that way, whoever it is that we bring in a quarterback, whether it's going to be Sam Darnold, whether it's going to be a rookie, whether it's whether we make the we pull the trigger on Deshaun Watson, we make sure to surround them with weapons, and we do smart contracts. Where if you're going to be here for the glory days, you better be able to prep and and, and run through the mud. Plain and simple. This is these were Joe Douglas's words last off season. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this shakes out. But ladies and gentlemen. This is going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime over here, uh, Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. You could also follow Jimmy at Jets by Jimmy. Ryan, please give out all your social media information so fans of Weapons Hot can interact with you, follow you, talk with, talk with you, etc. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys so much for having me on. You can find me on YouTube, Jets Talk 24-7. That's where I do the, the main bulk of my stuff. I'm also on Facebook, Jets Talk 24-7. You'll find all the videos there as well. Uh, I have an Instagram if you like, you know, jet memes and, and little goofy things that I don't share on Facebook or YouTube. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I love talking jets. You guys send me a private message. I'm more, more likely than not, not to respond or I'm more likely than not to respond <laughs> to that. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Brian, it was dope. Thank you for coming on, bro. Really. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, as, uh, as always, you know, go to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You like their Facebook page. You could also go to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. All of our content is up there. But the best way to get a hold of Weapons Hot, you want to watch Weapons Hot all the time, you know you, you, know you do, download the app. It's available on Google for Android users. It's available on iOS for Apple users. Go to the Apple App Store or whatever the heck they're calling it these days. Download the app and you will not only be able to catch Weapons Hot, but the other 17 shows on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, everyone over there puts in a lot of hard work. Of course, don't forget to go check out Weapons Hot Facebook page. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, which we will be on rather short, rather shortly. So, if you haven't already, go to YouTube.com forward slash CNC Jets Factor. Go to the Weapons Hot page. We will be there shortly in just a moment. So, for Mr. Ryan Delaney. Mr. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, and Mr. Kevin Jackson, otherwise known as Spotty Blackman. Ladies, make sure that you write that down in your little black books. This is CJ the Painkiller Simone signing off for tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets. And, of course, we will leave you with the best chant, in my opinion, still in the National Football League. Yes. Don't forget to catch us next week. Every Sunday night, 7 p.m., Weapons Hot, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Don't forget to go and check us out. Again, go to the Facebook page. Download the app, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check us out. Plenty of places to go and find us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight. We love you. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next week. Come to the YouTube Live. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.